I got a brand new sweetie, better than the one before. Oh, she's got everything and a little bit more. Hello, friends, and welcome to another mini episode of Additional History Headlines You Probably Missed. Today, I'm going to tell you one story from a random time in history that isn't related to any other famous event, at least not by time of occurrence. Now, today's story has been done by quite a few other podcasts out there, so I decided to tell the story only from newspaper articles from the time of the event and ignore all other sources. The event that triggered this story happened on July 10th, 1981. So, I'm going to start with an article printed a few days later in the Rutland Daily Herald out of Rutland, Vermont. The headline reads, The Bully of Nottoway County. Over the course of a few days, similar articles about this man were printed in newspapers all over the country. The subject of our story is a man named Ken McElroy. Ken is described as being a large man. He was only 5'10", but he weighed 265 pounds. He had dark hair with sideburns and bushy eyebrows, and he was 47 years old when he was murdered. The questions investigators immediately started asking were, Who shot Ken McElroy? Who would want to kill him? Well, for the people of Ken's hometown, the answer to that last question was, Who wouldn't want to shoot Ken McElroy? Ken was born on a farm just outside a small town in Missouri called Skidmore. At the time of Ken's death, only 440 people lived in Skidmore. It was very tiny, and it was mostly surrounded by farmland, windmills, cornfields, and grain silos. When Ken was young, he fell off a hay wagon at the farm and ended up having to have a steel plate put in his head. For those of you who have studied about serial killers or people with violent and aggressive behavior, that should have set off an immediate thought in your brain about Ken. You see, there's something that serial killers and violent criminals usually have in common, and that's head trauma. Let's just say that the fall of the hay wagon and the resulting still plate foreshadowed how the rest of Ken's life would go. Anyway, as Ken grew up, his reputation around Skidmore got worse and worse. Everybody knew who he was and did their best to steer clear of him. He was the town bully, the county bully even. If someone upset Ken for any reason, he'd stalk them, stare them down, maybe flash a weapon, and sometimes even use a weapon. In fact, before Ken was murdered himself, he'd been charged four separate times with assault involving a weapon, but he kept getting off without being convicted. For one example of Ken's behavior, I'll tell you that he was married to a woman named Trina. The couple got married when their first child was already a year old and Trina was still just 17 years old, meaning she'd gotten pregnant when she was very young. At the time Trina got pregnant, Ken was married to someone else, and Ken was 23 years older than her. Now those of you listening are probably wondering why this was allowed to happen in the first place. Ken should have been tried for statutory rape, and besides that, wouldn't the couple need parental consent? Well, all of that is true, And Trina's parents didn't want to give their consent. In fact, Ken McElroy was actually going to trial for raping Trina. But then, just four days before the trial, everything fell apart for the case against him. First, Ken officially got divorced from his third wife, freeing him up to make Trina his fourth wife. 
And then Trina's parents' house burned down, and they caved in and signed the consent form for her to marry Ken. Nothing was ever proven, but most people believe Ken burned the house down as a threat to get her parents to sign the consent papers. As soon as the papers were signed, Ken and Trina took off to a different county and got married. Since Trina was now his wife and wouldn't be testifying against him at trial, the rape charges were dropped. Over the years, Ken was accused of all kinds of things. The newspapers list a few of them as wrestling livestock, threatening people, molesting a minor, arson, and shooting a local farmer. The deputy sheriff, who happened to be Trina's uncle, said that Ken once held a double-barreled 12-gauge shotgun to his face after the deputy tried to break up a fight in the middle of the night. However, every single time he went to trial, the witnesses' memories failed them, or else there were magically no witnesses. Nobody in town was willing to testify against Ken McElroy. The townspeople said that when he'd drive into town in his pickup, usually with his wife or girlfriends following as backup in other pickups, everyone in town would scatter because they didn't want to accidentally witness something and be questioned over it. Sometimes McElroy would station these women on street corners, holding weapons as a show of power. Another thing people weren't sure of was where Ken got all his money, since he always seemed to have plenty of it, even though he just had a small farm. He was known to pay his lawyer in cash, pay for new pickups in cash, and he once tossed eight grand on the counter at a local bar and told the clerk if it wasn't enough, he had a suitcase full of more cash back home. He told the townspeople he sold antiques, but nobody ever saw any antique sales or had any idea where he was getting the antiques from in the first place. As you can imagine, his financial situation led to all kinds of rumors, and that's where the idea that he was rustling livestock came from. You see, Nottoway County had six times the number of incidents of stolen livestock than any other county in the state. Anyway, one day Ken's daughter was in the local grocery store, and a clerk asked her to put a candy bar back if she wasn't going to buy it. This made Ken go ballistic, and he ended up shooting the store owner, 72-year-old Bo Bowenkamp, in the neck because of it. Luckily, Bo survived the incident, but his wife said about Ken, Oh, he was intimidating. You can't know how awful it was. My neighbor and I took turns sleeping at night. Before the trial, he would drive up in his pickup at night and sit there. Occasionally, he would fire a gun. We knew him, knew his reputation. It was frightening. When the trial for the shooting of Bo Bowenkamp started, the townspeople crossed their fingers, but probably assumed he'd get off just like every other time he'd gone to court. Except that time, the jury found him guilty. It was the first time he'd ever been convicted of anything, even though he'd been to court more times than people could count. But the judge let Ken go out on bond while he appealed the ruling. So what did good old Ken McElroy do? He marched himself down to the local tavern with a rifle in hand. A rifle that had a bayonet attached, by the way. Needless to say, the townspeople were angry about this, and the judge decided to have another hearing to revoke the bail. The day of that trial, about 60 of the townspeople of Little Skidmore, Missouri, got together to attend the trial at the courthouse. They hoped if they all showed up together, it would show the judge just how serious they were. Unfortunately for them... After they'd all gathered, they found out the trial had been postponed. Understandably frustrated, 
The group of citizens went to the town hall and discussed what could be done about the situation. They even invited the sheriff to attend their meeting. Then, somebody suddenly burst into the room and said the three words that usually made people scatter. McElroy's in town. It was the same old story that had played out dozens of times before. Except that time, the citizens didn't run and hide. Instead, they all marched out into the street. When Ken came out of the bar with Trina and climbed into his pickup truck, somebody shot him three times. That day, July 10th, 1981, Ken McElroy, the bully of Skidmore, Missouri, died. Now, with all those witnesses present, the case against Ken McElroy's murder should have been cut and dry, right? But that's not quite how it worked in this case. You see, none of those dozens of witnesses on the street that day would say anything. They all claimed they didn't know who shot Ken. Trina had been in the pickup with Ken when he was shot, and she named someone as the killer, but police dropped the investigation and never made an arrest since nobody would testify. At the beginning of this story, I told you I was only going to stick to facts I found in newspaper articles, and so far everything I've said has followed that promise. But I'm going to break my own promise to tell you one detail I read somewhere else, but not in the newspaper. That source said that during the investigation, the cops discovered that the bullets that killed Ken McElroy had actually come from more than one weapon. Something to think about. As I'm sure you can imagine, the only people who seemed to mourn the loss of Ken McElroy were his wife and kids. Trina buried him in St. Joseph, Missouri, because she didn't want to have to visit his grave in a town with so many bad memories. Only a few people attended his funeral, and it was mostly family. The preacher who conducted the service only spoke for 15 minutes, and then it was over. Friends, what do you think of this story? Kind of crazy, right? If you want to know all the newspaper articles I took information from, join me in the Additional History Headlines You Probably Missed Facebook group for a list of all the sources. And join me again on Monday for a full episode of this podcast. Talk to you later.